0: Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, there you go. Got one. Sorry, I was trying to post something on Instagram and I realized I was on the Av Youth account and that wasn't going to work. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, I can grab the bottle. Who was here two weeks ago when Robert dropped my energy drink? Yeah, I was so hurt. So was. Ah, thank you, Robert. What? You're a blessing. Such a blessing. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am so stoked to be here tonight. Actually, where's uh, Johnny and, and Benny G? You guys can just get the ladder now. We'll just we'll just pull it out right now. Um, tonight we are getting into a talk called the Ladder Effect, and um, we are pulling out a ladder right now. They're just gonna pull it out. I, I waited until the end of the message to talk about it, but um, we're just gonna pull it out now so it's not super distracting. I don't know about you, but I again am just stoked to be here, and I. do want to give a few shout outs real fast because tonight we have a handful of new leaders and you got someone washing their car there oh he's the homie um tonight yeah you can just just set it up right here thank you guys fun fact when I was in the fire explorers we used to have to carry these things and it was like the absolute worst there you go boom just please don't put it on stage you can put like right here that's perfect right there. Thank you, guys. Yeah, give it up for him. Or them. I said him. Um, This is going to look real awkward for everyone that's watching on YouTube right now. If you don't know, we post our messages on Thursday night for those that aren't able to come or don't feel comfortable coming yet. So real fast, can we just give a big shout out to everybody watching on YouTube just on the count of three to say hi. One, two, three. I hope you feel special. Oh, you can move that thing? Can you move it Like if I walk up here like you can get me? Can you, is, is that a no? Oh, you can. What if I just spoke the whole entire time from up here? Yeah, you're down with that? I want to fall. And like, I already got a stern talking to to not drop the mic. And so me being up here makes my hand like shaky. And I feel like dropping the mic all the way from the top. And if I did, Michael would fire me. I don't even think he has the ability to, but he would still fire me. You <laughs> said, yep. Um, but tonight, guys, we have a few special guests with us that are going to be with us for um, the time being over uh, quarantine and being away from each other. Uh, we've gotten some new leaders to join us in our group. So first and foremost, Benny G. graduated high school and now is a part of our adult leadership. Yeah. Also, Charlie Bacar, the funny part is this. Charlie Bacar, the guy that just came up here and drew for you guys with, um, with uh, oh my gosh, with uh, Brady. I don't know why I like, blanked. I did that to Amanda once and I felt so bad. But Charlie Bacar is actually my boss. Like, that's the funny part. is Charlie Bacar is our associate pastor here at New Beginnings, and he wants to be a part of youth. He used to be a youth pastor, and he's hanging out with us. We'll give it up for Charlie. We have another one. There's three of us now. Uh, Emmanuel's in the back right now. He's going to be hanging out with us. He has the Laker jersey on. Shout out to that. Houston cannot beat us. And then also, Victoria Mason is here. I don't know where Victoria is at. There she is. Fun fact, Victoria is painting some of the dopest murals for us. When we are able to go back inside, you will be able to see these every single week, and they look absolutely amazing. But we have four new leaders, so hopefully you make them feel welcome. Go say hi to them after service. But tonight, guys, I hope you're taking notes because the title of tonight's message, just like what we talked about, is called The Ladder Effect. And I'll get into why we called it the latter effect in a little bit. But if this is your first time with us, welcome here at AV Youth. There's three key pillars to who we are. The very first one is this you don't have to believe. Oh, come on. You don't have to believe. To belong, meaning this, you don't have to believe in Jesus to come hang out with us on Wednesday night. You don't have to believe in Jesus to come skate at the skate park, that mini skate park, whatever you want to call that. Um, all, that all that means is this even though you don't have to believe to belong, hopefully, a piece of my Bible just ripped out. RIP, Genesis 3. Um, I'm going to just fold that real quick if I can. Boom. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning this, you don't have to believe in Jesus to hang out with us, but hopefully, after a few weeks of showing up, you will know and understand who Jesus is and have a relationship with him. The second thing is we are a note-taking group, meaning we take notes during the message. Yeah, there we go, right, smack dab in the middle taking notes, just because I like to talk very fast, and um, it's a lot easier if you just take notes to be able to go back and remember those things, and the last one, and the fun one, is we are a talk-back group, meaning if I say something, or anybody, up here says something you would like agree with you can clap at him you can shout at him yeah you can say whatever you want uh, it just you what that means is you are agreeing with whatever whoever's up here and what they're saying now tonight though we're continuing our series what in the 2020 now we started this series last week or 2 weeks ago and really the whole basis of this series if you're new with us is 2020 is going to be a year that we never forget, like we will never forget the year 2020. I was talking with a few youth pastors uh, before we started this series, and we were talking about how when we have kids, even when our students have kids, so that means when you guys have kids, they will read about the year 2020 in their history books. And to me, that's the craziest part. But then we started talking and I started getting this idea of how are we going to be remembered in the year 2020? How do we actually want to be remembered in the year 2020? Because there's really two different ways we can be remembered, and this is the whole basis of this series. We can be remembered in 2020 as the year we grew closer to God, or we can be remembered of the year 2020 as the year we just cruised through and we didn't really do anything with God. And our hope and our prayer is this series challenges us. It's been challenging me making my faith stronger in God, and I hope it does the same exact thing for you. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about David, and we talked about David and Bathsheba. And if you missed that message, I encourage you guys, go back on the YouTube and watch it, because it was a great message, not to toot my own horn. But tonight, we're going to be talking about two brothers. Really, the two brothers, the very first two brothers to ever be recorded in the Bible. Now, these two brothers are named Cain and Abel. So, again, if you're taking notes, tonight's message is called The Ladder Effect, and we are going to get right into this. if you can, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. God, we are so thankful for who you are and what you're doing in this place tonight. God, I pray right now you just first and foremost keep us safe, keep us healthy. God, I pray right now that these fires will be tamed. God, I pray right now you protect our firefighters, especially our firefighter. He was a student two years ago, Connor Arbo. God, he's out there fighting the fires in Sacramento right now or up north. God, protect all our firefighters. But God, I pray right now you just speak through me. Let this encourage us as much as it encouraged me writing it. God, in your name we pray. And we all said? Amy, I like having you in the front. You like you make me feel good. Like that's why I like having a talk back group, because it makes me feel good about myself. Like if you don't talk in the message, I'm just like, I've lost all their attention. I'll, you want me to keep it up here? Alright, sorry. So tonight, guys, we are talking about the ladder effect, but before we get into it, I need to ask you a question. Who has ever been jealous because maybe a friend, maybe your brother or your sister, or whoever has gotten something that you wanted? Anybody ever done that before? Uh, every hand should go up. If you haven't, if it hasn't happened to you, you probably just don't remember it. You see, for me, as, as <laughs> did anyone hear that? <laughs> All right, good. Um, for me, it happened. I, I talk about my buddy Zach quite often, and I talked two weeks ago about how apparently I like to reshare stories, but this story I've never shared before. Um, but one year. It was my sophomore year in high school. My buddy, Zach, he was my one of my best mans in my wedding. And uh, it was our sophomore year in high school, and we're hanging out, and he shows up to my house. Now, Zach was a guy that lived in Corona but went to school in Riverside with me. So he pretty much stayed at my house Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends went and stayed at his parents' house. But my th- our, our, our sophomore year, he gets this new tablet. And now, back then, having an iPad was really expensive, so, like, we never had iPads, but we had this new tablet that had just came out called the Windows Tablet. Now, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it was a Windows Tablet. It was pretty big, and I remember he shows up to my house with it on a Monday night, and he's like, dude, Charlie, check out what I just got. I was like, dang, that's high, like, I I want that. I just, like, fastly became jealous of the fact that he had this tablet. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go ask my parents for this tablet. So I don't know how much it costs, but I went to my parents and I said, hey, can I get this tablet? And my dad immediately said no. And I was like, but dad, please. And I started begging and I started doing all those things, gave him like the puppy dog eyes. I was like, but please. And he was like, no, that doesn't work on me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I dropped it in that moment. But like me and like a lot of us, I was very persistent. If it's something that I wanted, I was going to try as hard as I can to get it. And so I kept asking and asking and asking, and he kept saying no, no, no. And then a moment came, it was about a few weeks later, and I kept looking at Zach's tablet, and I was like, man, like I want that tablet, like it's so cool. And the moment came when my dad said, hey, we're going to uh, Best Buy. Didn't say why we were going to Best Buy. All he did was he said, we're going to Best Buy. So my mom, my dad, me, and my buddy Zach get in the car, and I immediately think, this is dope. I'm finally getting my way. I'm going to get myself that tablet that I've been begging for. And so we get, to, we get to Best Buy. We hop out the car, and I'm, like, walking with, like, it's, like swagger, just like that. Hey. And I'm, like, finally, like, this is going to happen. And we get to the door, and I ask my dad. I say, Dad. Am I getting the tablet? He looks at me and says, why in the world would you think you're getting a tablet? And I was like, well, because we're at Best Buy and I've been asking for this tablet over and over again. And I was like, I just assumed that you loved me because I'm your only child. And I was like, you're going to get me this tablet? And he was like, no, we're not getting you a tablet. And I was like, then why in the world are we at Best Buy? He said, I need to get, uh <laughs> I need to get ink for the printer. I was like, Dad, you have, like, what, what do you mean we need to get in for the printer? And I was like, are we for real not getting this tablet? Now, I did something that I never have shared with, with a crowd before. I don't even think Aubrey knows this. I threw the biggest temper tantrum in the world. Remember, I'm, like, 15 years old. I'm practically, like, a grown adult. And I, I like, was, like, a five-year-old. I just remember, being like, Dad. Are you for real right now? And he was like, yeah. I was like, I, this is stupid. I don't even know why I'm here with you right now. And like Zach, by the way, it's like right beside me. And he's looking at me like, dude, you're acting like a child. And I was like, yeah, give me the keys. I'm going to sit in the car, and I'm just going to wait until you come back out. And that's exactly what I did. I took the keys. My mom, my dad, and Zach went into the went into Best Buy, and I sat in the car crying. Now, I wasn't crying, but I was so upset I felt like crying all because I wasn't getting my way. I held on to this jealousy that Zach had, this this tablet that I wanted, and I just couldn't let go of it. And tonight, we're going to talk about just that. We're going to talk about how holding on to something, holding on to jealousy, holding on to anger, holding on to disappointment does nothing but hurt us. Just like how I threw that temper tantrum of me being so upset that I didn't get it my way, we are going to see these two brothers have a situation just like that. One is going to give a gift to God and it's going to be accepted. The other one's going to give another gift to God and it won't be accepted. And we're going to see that person that gave this gift to God that did not get accepted be filled with jealousy. Be filled with anger. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 4. Oh my goodness. I need a new Bible. I just got this Bible. Genesis chapter 4, verse, actually it's like one and a half. I don't have it up on the screen, but we get, we'll, we'll, we will once we jump into point two. But if you're taking notes again, tonight's very first point, we have three points. The very first point is this. The best verses. The sum. Again, point one. The best versus the sum. Now let's read. Genesis chapter 4, starting off in like verse 1 and a half. Where is this at? When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Verse 2. Later, she gave birth to his brother named Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground when it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of his firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. So let's Place ourselves in Cain and Abel's shoes. More than likely, let's just place ourselves in Cain's shoes. If you had a brother or or sister and you went to God and you presented a gift to God and God picked your brother or your sister's gift over yours, how would that make you feel? I just heard that, I'd be heated. I don't even have a brother or a sister, but I would be so upset, like, dude, like, I just gave you this gift, and you're going to accept my brothers over mine, and we see this happen with Cain and Abel, and now we see Cain, it says that he's dejected, he's upset, he's angry, he's furious, he's mad, rightfully so, almost, but it's funny, because when we look at this story, maybe the first question that popped in your guys' heads, at least it did for me when I was reading it, was, why did God except Abel's gift, but not Cain's gift. Like when you really think about it. And then I started thinking even deeper because I just like, I think like that. And I like think like, what if I was God? Like, who would I pick? And I started playing that role in my mind. I was like, man, if I was God, I probably would pick Cain's. Like, to be honest with you. And here's why. When you look at Cain and Abel's two gifts that they gave God, the very first one was Cain's. And it was produce. It was fruit. It was vegetables. It came from the garden. He was a a farmer. I would look at that and be like, dope, I can make myself a salad. But I can do that. It's not messy. It's clean. It's easy. I can all pick it up. And then I look at Abel's gift, and it's a lamb. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to have a slaughtered lamb inside my house. So when you put the two and two together, it's like, no way. I would for sure pick Cain's. The other one's way too messy. The other one's way too bloody. You have too many organs popping out here and there when they sacrifice it to God. Like there's no way I would do that. And it's funny because as I started thinking about it, I started thinking about us. Because God accepted, God brought in the gift that was the messiest, the gift that had the most, if we can even say it, the most cleanup behind it. And I love it because it's almost like a picture of us. God picks us even in all of our mess. God chose us even with all of our hiccups, even with all of our mistakes, even with all of our sins. And he chose us and he will choose us again and again and again. It's a beautiful picture when you really think about it. I don't know, and I've shared this many times, I don't know how I'm even standing here today because of all the mistakes that I've made, all the sins that I've committed. And I still commit and I'm still going to commit. But yet God still chooses me every single day, just like he chooses you in your mistakes, in your bloody mess, with your guts hanging out. Now, if you have guts hanging out, just please tell a leader. We'll send you to the hospital. That's not okay. But I hope you get that picture. But let's go back to this idea of why did God choose Abel's gift, even though it was a bloody mess, versus Cain's gift. And it's very simple. When you really look at it, it's very simple. We even said it in the very first point. The best versus the sum. In the Bible, if you actually read those texts, it says this, that Cain's gift was sum of the produce. But when you look at Abel's gift, Abel gave the best. Abel gave the first of the flock. Abel gave his best lambs. It's also known that back then in the Bible times, that fat off of a lamb was like prize, like a prize. It was luxury. It was like having a, a Tesla. Like it was so nice to have. So when you put the two and two together, it makes absolute, complete, perfect sense why God chose Abel. Abel gave his best. Abel gave his first. And now you're probably thinking, well, Charlie, how does this have anything to do with my life? How does this have anything to do with me living a better 2020? It's plain and simple. If we truly want to start living a better 2020, we don't need to just give some to God. We need to give our best to God. We need to give our all to God. We can't just be 50-50, one foot in, one foot out. We can't. We can't just give a quarter of our life to Jesus. We can't give a quarter of our life to God. We need to be 100% in. If we want to make 2020 a year, we remember for growing closer to God. We can't hold on to certain sins in our life, saying, I'm going to hold on to this, God. But Wednesday night, you got me. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday if I tune in, Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to hold on to this. And I'm going to hold on to the things that I want to do, the fleshly desires I have. That doesn't work like that. I live my life like that for months upon months until I realize that's not the way God wants to be in relationship with us. It's not the way he wanted to be in relationship with me, and that's not the way he wants to be in relationship with you. He wants you 100% in. So if you want to start 2020 or really finish 2020 as a year we go closer to God, give your 110% to him. And now the second thing we can see in Cain and Abel's life is this, point two. Point two says this, master or mastered? Master or master. Can we put those verses up? Because I am can't even use my Bible. It's going to fly away. All right. Why are you, this is verse uh, 6 and 7. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be It's master. So we see this conversation happening with Cain and God. What I love so much about God is God comes to Cain and asks Cain, why are you so mad? Like, God knows this already. God's all-knowing. He didn't have to ask Cain. But the beautiful part about God is God will let us speak to him before he just comes through starting accusing here and there. He will speak to us, and that's exactly what he's doing to Cain. He says, Cain, why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? And he gives Cain a very big lesson, a very key thought. He asks Cain, why are you so mad? And then he gives him the heads up. If you hold on to this, if you keep being mad, sin is crouching at the door like a roaring lion. I think that's what it says. There's a verse in the Bible that says that. But sin is crouching at the door, eager to attack. That's what it says. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to attack. So what we see right now is this. God knows why Cain's upset. God gives Cain a way out. God says, stop holding on to this anger. Stop holding on to this frustration. Stop holding on to this disappointment. Subdue it and master it. And when I started reading these texts and I started reading these verses, I thought to myself, God, what in the world do you mean? Subdue it and master it. Because what God's asking Cain to do is he's saying, hey, be a master of sin. Hold on, don't hold on to it. Master it. Be your own boss. And I started thinking about, I was like, well, how in the world do we do that? If I was Cain in that moment, I would have thought the same thing. Because at the end of day, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they brought sin into the world, making our human nature sinful. We sin every single day, and we don't even know we sin. So how can we overcome it? How can we master sin? At least that's what I would be thinking if I was Cain. What God's asking Cain to do is this. And I believe if we really truly want to have a year of 2020 where we grow closer to God, we need to do exactly this. Can we put that quote up on the screen? We prevent sin from mastering us by letting God master us first. I'm going to say that again. Write that down. We prevent sin from mastering us by letting God master us first. Now, when I say that, you might be like, whoa, Charlie, I'm my own master. I do what I want, when I want, because I want. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. I'm nobody's slave. Yeah, I get that. But if we truly don't want to be a slave to sin, we need to make sure we are a slave to God. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be a slave to God than a slave to sin. I'd much rather have God control my life than sin control my life. Because at the end of the day, God has a better plan. God has a better purpose. God has a better future for every single one of us if we become like him, if we submit to him. It's not a good idea if we just want to keep holding on to sin, holding on to jealousy, holding on to disappointment. Because when we do that, we slowly start pushing Jesus away. We slowly start pushing God away, and we become our own God. We hold on to the things that we think help us. And what I find interesting is God doesn't say to Cain, hey, Cain, why are you so angry? All you need to do is take this pill. He doesn't say, hey, Cain, why are you so angry? All you need to do is take this drink. He doesn't say, Cain, why are you so angry? All you need to do is get high and all the pressures will go away. He doesn't say that. And I know for a fact that I was the same exact way A lot of us here tonight are doing the same exact thing. When we have disappointment, when we have depression, when we have anxiety, when we have this jealousy, this sin that's just building up in our lives, the first thing that we choose to turn to instead of God is narcotics, is things of this world. And what ends up happening is that ends up becoming our master. And we're going to see in a little bit, as we dive into point three right now, that when we do that, When we push God to the side and let the things of the world become our master, we will fastly see that it does not end well. It doesn't end well for us, and it's not going to end well for Cain. So point three, last point, says this. How much longer? How much longer? Verse eight. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out to the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. It's funny because we can read it now, but could you imagine, like, in that moment? All because Cain was jealous. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been jealous, a lot of us raised our hand. Would you ever kill the person that you were jealous of? If you, actually, don't raise your hand if you, if you would do that. I don't want to know that. Talk to me after service. We'll pray. Holy Spirit, come here. But, like, that's insane. To take it a step further, this is his own brother. All because Abel's gift to God was accepted and Cain's wasn't. It doesn't say in the Bible that Cain got pushed away from God. Instead, it says in the Bible that God had a conversation with Cain. So what is it? How is it that Cain got filled with so much rage, so much jealousy, to the point he killed his own brother? Let's keep reading. Verse 8 through 12. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, "Where is your brother? Where is Abel? This is the most savage and most like unthoughtful response I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. Cain responded. "Am I my my brother's guardian? This dude just killed his brother. God asks him this question. God asked him this question. God's- I just turned it back on. I turned it on, turned it off. Is it, am I good? No. You can kind of hear me. I don't know. All right, well, I'm going to yell. ground, what which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will, you, will your ground yield good crops for you. No matter how hard you work, from now on you will be homeless wanderer on the earth. Kind of sounds harsh, but the thing that Cain doesn't understand is God gave him multiple chances. God came to him saying, Subdue to your sin. Subdue the past. Master your sin. And the only way you can master your sin is through God, through me. And tonight, I don't know where we're at. I don't know where we're at in this walk. I'm absolutely yurted out right now. Thanks. (laughs) I don't know where we're at. Right now, I'm getting angry because my mic stops working. But maybe you get angry because your boyfriend left you for another girl, or vice versa. Maybe you're jealous because somebody has something that you wish that you had. If we can be 100% honest, maybe we're jealous because someone's family life's better than us, better, better than ours. Maybe we get upset and angry because the people we follow on Instagram look like they live a way better life than we do. Can I just encourage you, real quick? Unfollow those people. If you follow people that make you upset and get you angry and make you sin, they are not worth being followed. But as we look at Cain's life, we see this happen very fast. Going back now to the title of tonight's message. The ladder effect. We see the ladder effect become so huge in Cain's life. And I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. Like I, can, I command all of you guys that are out there on Zoom trying to teach, trying to learn. Like I would never be able to do that. You guys are heroes. But for me, I'm a visual learner. So I wanted to bring this ladder out to show you guys what we got going on. When it comes to the ladder effect... For every single one of our lives, it happens like this. We start off at the base, whether it's anger, whether it's disappointment, whether it's jealousy, whether your mic keeps cutting on and off and you get very upset. Whatever your situation is, I don't know your situation, but let's talk about Cain's. Because Cain, we are learning from his mistakes to live our life in 2020 and make it a better life. So Cain started off with jealousy. He didn't have the produce. He didn't have the acceptance from God in that moment. So he gets jealous. He gets angry at his brother, and he holds on to it. And then he has a conversation with God. And he has this conversation with God. They start talking back and forth, and God says, hey, look, if you want to get rid of it, if you want to get off the ladder, you want to be off the ladder effect, all you need to do is let me be your master. Submit to me. Don't submit to sin. Don't submit to anger. Don't submit to jealousy. Submit to me. And the crazy part about Cain is Cain received that message. Cain heard that word. And yet he still held on to the jealousy, to the hurt, to the pain, and he just kept climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing, and climbing to the point where he got to the top of the ladder. And I want you to keep following along because when we get to the top of the ladder, when it comes to the ladder effect, there's only two choices we can make. A choice that we are going to regret for the rest of our lives or the choice to stop and turn back to God. And Cain was faced with that. Cain was in that moment, but instead what Cain decided to do was he decided to make a decision on the teetering point, on the top of the ladder, that he was going to regret for the rest of his life. He made the decision because of jealousy. He made the decision because of hurt. He made the decision because of pain to kill his own brother. And again, I don't know where we're at. I don't know our struggles. But what I do know is we struggle. No one's exempt from struggling. Me as a pastor, I'm not exempt from struggling. Aubrey as a pastor's wife, she's not exempt from struggling. If anything, I make her struggle more than anything because of all my issues. We're not exempt from struggling. Every one of us deal with it. And when we get to the top, when we get to the breaking point, I want you to remember this. That we have two decisions, ones that's going to regret, we're going to regret for the rest of our lives, or one that can solve all our problems, one that can hold on to faith, and that's God. So tonight, where you're at, I want to, God wants to, set some of us free. 2020 hasn't been a year any of us have expected. 2020 isn't a year that any of us saw coming, and it probably brought a lot of us some anger, some hurt, some frustration. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you want to make 2020 a year to remember for the good, let's let go of it. Let's not hold on any longer. Let's not wait till we get to this point to finally turn to God. Or maybe we don't turn to God and we make that decision that we regret. But instead, tonight, let's be set free. Let's turn to God. Let's stop holding on to these pity things and give it all to him. So where you're at, close your head, or close your head, bow your head, close your eyes, and let's pray. God, as I make it down this ladder, please keep me safe. But God, I pray right now. I don't know everyone's struggle. I don't know everyone's mistakes. I don't know everyone's sins. I don't know everyone's failures. But God, you do. And just like what we talked about earlier, with the, with the, the, the gift that Abel brought, the messy, the, the disgusting, the messed up gift of that lamb, you still picked it. Even though it was messy in God, just like that, in our heart, in our pain, in our sin, in our struggle, you still pick us. So God, I pray tonight for some of us that are here to outside If we're holding on to some kind of sin, if we're holding on to some kind of jealousy, heart, disappointment, frustration, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's learn from Cain's mistakes. Let's learn from his mistakes. And let's grow closer to God in this time. So if you're here tonight, this isn't an altar call. This isn't a moment for you to give your life to Jesus. If you want to do that, come talk to me or a leader after service. But this is a moment right now for us to set ourselves free from this hurt. If you're here tonight and you are struggling with something, whether whatever that may be, you know and God knows. When I count to the, I just want you to raise your hand. Again, this is not an altar call, but this is just a moment where we can be set free. We can raise our hand. And we can say, God, I'm tired of holding this burden. God, I'm tired of making this my master. I want to make you my master. I'm tired of allowing sin to control my life. God, I want you to control my life. If that's you in this place right now, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. If that's you, just raise your hand. God, you see the hands in the room. You see the hands outside. You see the hands that are going up. God, you know their struggle. God, you know their hurt. God, you know their pain. You guys can put your hands down. Father, God, I pray right now. Allow your Holy Spirit to rain down on this place. Allow your Holy Spirit to comfort. Allow your Holy Spirit to remove any hurt, to remove any pain. God, I pray right now for those that raise their hand. Raising the hands, the first step. But now it's on the inside where we need to control, completely let you take control, God. So, God, I pray for that. God, I pray that the latter effect does not happen to any of us here today. That it doesn't happen to any of us here in our lives. That we don't get to the tipping point and figure out, you know what, I'm just going to make that decision and we regret it for the rest of our lives. God, Cain's name is written in the Bible and he probably wishes it wasn't. God, I pray right now that when we look back on the year 2020, when our kids ask us, God, our dad, mom, how was 2020 for you, we can look back with no regrets, saying, you know what? It was rough, but I gave all I had to Jesus. I wasn't 50-50. I wasn't 80-20. I was 100% in. God, we love you. God, we thank you. That's your name we pray and we all said.